And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. This play-by-play coming to you live here on this Friday. Casey Jiskler here. We've got a fun show coming your way. Uh, man, we've got some stuff to talk about. We've got some business to take care of until 1 o'clock. Look out the window to my left. It's storming. Uh, it's not a great weather day, but we will figure out maybe how to get some baseball and some softball in today. There is some baseball and some softball scheduled in our local schedule. Homer Christian is scheduled to play a baseball game today. Vanderbilt is scheduled to play a softball game today. Don't know if they'll be able to get them in, but we'll be following that throughout the course of the day. But anyway, that's neither here nor there because um, in doing today's show, we got to recap what was just a wild and crazy day yesterday in our local sports calendar let's let's start first taking a trip out to home of christian school right they they played two games yesterday uh on their campus a softball playoff game and a baseball playoff game the softball game home of christian school wins 12 to 1 over pope john paul punching a ticket to sulfur they're now in the semifinals in division three select i was actually at that game for a good part of it Watched about three, four innings. The thing that was perhaps the most impressive about Homa Christian School's victory over Pope John the Paul, uh, over Pope John Paul rather, is just the sheer makeup of their roster. Um, I'm watching and I'm seeing some sluggers and I'm seeing some kids that could really play and some kids that are excellent and some kids that are doing some special things. Um, but I'm also seeing a really good pitcher, right? And, you know, just kind of axing around, rubbing elbows, talking to parents or whatever it may be. I learned, and I didn't realize this. Shame on me. I went a whole season not realizing this. Homa Christian's pitcher is a young lady named Briley Lovell. She's a seventh grader. State that again for you guys in the back. Maybe they didn't hear. Homa Christian is going to sulfur via a 12-to-1 win over Pope John Paul. A Pope John Paul team that was the number five seed in the state. They're really good. They've got some wins over some big-time programs. They're really good. And their pitcher is a seventh grader, Homa Christian Schools is. In two days, in the stretch of about a 28-hour period, level through two games for the Christian Warriors, 12 innings in the circle, and allowed one total run it was amazing to see that level of output from a young lady who is so far um early for her year like you're not supposed to see a seventh grader having success at the varsity level that's not supposed to happen but she is throwing she's doing it she's making it happen and just goes to show man (laughs) good things can happen whenever you put in the time put in the work so homo christian school's going to sell for they're going to punch their ticket. They'll face the winner between Calvary Baptist and Holy Savior Menard. That'll be next week out in West Louisiana. Yesterday, also at home of Christian School, we had a baseball playoff game. Game one of a best of three series, Division Three Select. Home of Christian gets a 5-1 to one win over Haynes Academy. Coach Butch and his team take a one-game-to-nothing lead in that best of three series. They're scheduled to play game two today. I don't know. I mean, just look out the window. Does it look likely that they're going to get a game in today? I don't know. They're kind of hopeful that they can maybe squeeze it in. Maybe they could go sneak out to Darabone High's field, play on the turf. I don't know. We'll see. Homa Christian scheduled to play at 4 o'clock against Haynes Academy. Also around the state yesterday, we had in Division Two non-select 
Morgan City, unfortunately, had their season get ended yesterday in Division II non-select. Um, they fell 20-1 to against Grant yesterday. Grant wins that best of three series, two games to nothing, and Grant moves on. They'll take on Iowa. Um, we're going to, I promise you, we're going to get to the Thibodeau game, y'all. I, I could feel you guys texting me like, man, you're forgetting one. We're going to get there, I promise. St. James opening their best of three series, we think, against Springfield today, weather permitting. <clears throat> Patterson falls 9-1 to yesterday against Port Barry. Port Barry's the 12 seed. Patterson's the 21 seed. Port Barry has a one-game-to-nothing lead over Patterson in that best-of-three series. That was a game involving a local team. Um, let's see. Division two select, nothing. Division three. we already talked about. All right, so now we got to dive into it, right? Oh, oh, also, one more softball score before we talk about the Thibodeau and South Terrebonne game. Um, I feel like I'm leading you guys on, right? Keep teasing it and then don't finally give it to you. Um, E.D. White went and played Buckeye, the number one team in the state. E.D. White's the number eight seed. They took on number one Buckeye. E.D. White fought with everything that they had yesterday against the number one team in the state of Louisiana in Division II Select. Fought them tooth and nail. They fell by one run, three to two. So E.D. White goes down. Their season is over, but Buckeye moves on. But boy, what a fight from the Cardinals, man. What a fight from E.D. White. This is an E.D. White team that started off the year, I ain't going to lie to you, they weren't playing very well at times. They were kind of getting beat up a little bit at times. It's an E.D. White team that was giving up a bunch of runs, man. Look, I'm going through their first nine games of the year. They were 3-6. and six, And they ended the season playing very well and are um, doing some really good things. So... They get into the playoffs. They get a big old 16-0 win against the Willow School. Then they go out and play Buckeye and fall 3-2 to two in just a heartbreaker. The game was tied in the seventh. Buckeye walks them off. Buckeye moves on. E.D. White's season is done. Also in that same bracket, Vanderbilt is still there. They're scheduled to play Haynes Academy at 4.30 today. Again, you look out the window. Does it look like you could play softball at 4.30 today? I don't know. The weather can maybe change. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm being told, by the way, that Homa Christian School is moving their game two against Haynes Academy to Terrebonne High School at 7 o'clock today. Hey, if that weather washes out, they got turf out there. There's a possibility they can maybe sneak that one in. So we're rooting for Butch and the crew. Hopefully they're able to play that one today. That game has now been moved to Terrebonne, 7 o'clock first pitch for that one at the Terrebonne High School field over at Southdown. Now, let's get to the game that everybody was talking about. And by the way, we've got Chandler Guitros lined up at 11.45. We've got Damien St. Pierre lined up at 12.15. It's our regular old Friday show. We've got all the all the players, all the heavy hitters, so to speak, using a baseball term. Thibodeau takes a one game to nothing lead over South Terrebonne in the best of three series. They win game one yesterday, ten to nine. Um, boy, couple of thoughts. First, you know, I just starting with the bad first, right? Getting it out the way. The first three four innings of that game were a mess. I mean, like they were throwing the ball over the field and errors, and it wasn't clean. It was not a clean game early. And it was kind of hurting both starting pitchers how sloppy it was early. I think that there were some nerves there, big old crowd. The team just had a hard time getting settled in. Then in the middle stages of the inning, Thibodeau showed their firepower. They showed that, A, when they get on base, they're going to run you into the ground. They've got a very explosive, very aggressive offense. B, they've got 
sticks up and down their lineup, one through nine, it doesn't make a difference. They've got dudes all over that lineup that could hit. And, you know, they play with some fire, right? They play with a little edge. They play with a little attitude. And I mean that in a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. They play with a little, you know, they got a little pizzazz about them. That's the first thing. Now, the second thing, <laughs> South Terrebonne just doesn't go anywhere, man. Like, they just don't quit. They're down seven runs in the late stages of the game. Come back, get four in the fifth. Give up a run in the fifth, too. But then come back, get four more in the seventh. Tie the game up. Turn an 8-1 to deficit into a 9-9 to tie. Um, they just refuse to die. They don't stop coming. They keep competing no matter what the score. There was a time, it's 8-1 to in the middle stages, and I'm thinking to myself, like, this is going to be a run rule. Thibodeau's going to 10-run rule these guys. And then, sure enough, lo and behold, we end up tied in the top of the seventh inning. And then, yeah, look, the, the last thing that you got to say is give credit to the Tigers. They won it, gave it all back, and then had to win it again. That's one of the hardest things in sports to have to do is try to win the same playoff game twice, right? They found a way. 9-9, nine to nine, bottom of the seventh inning. They chase out the relief pitcher, face Jackson Martin, scratch one across. Rodriguez gets a base hit up the middle, and Thibodeau wins 10-9. to nine. Something tells me we, we're not finished with the drama in that series. Something tells me tomorrow when we're back there at 10 o'clock for the sports corner and then for noon, first pitch of game two, something tells me we might have a full day of baseball if you understand what I'm saying. Not doubting Thibodeau at all, not questioning them at all. They might win game two for all I know. But I just think we're going to have a lot of drama in that series because we saw how evenly matched the two teams were yesterday in that game one that's going to be a very fun test of baseball and we cannot wait to see how that one shakes out the rest of the way let's catch a break when we get back we're going to Chandler Guitros South Bush High School he was actually at Thibodeau yesterday watching that one it's play-by-play on KLEB we'll catch a quick break we'll be right back after this Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients, offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering. Also, holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. 
Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEV. Casey Jisclair here. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we have South Lafouche baseball coach, Coach Chandler Guitros, on the line now. Coach Guitros, good morning, buddy. How we doing? Hey, good morning, Casey. How are y'all? Good, man. Um, busy, busy. Uh, baseball and softball time. Unfortunately, the Tarpons are not part of the festivities this year, and I know that hurts, bro. You guys had a good year, won a bunch of games, just kind of got tangled up in a tough district and a tough classification, and it ended up not shaking for you. Uh, talk about the season, man. It was one to still be proud of over in Tarpon land. Yeah, man, it really was. Um, you know, so uh, so much was made about what we lost, uh, you know, last year. It was a team full of guys that had, uh, you know, started for a couple of years. Five of those guys had started since they were sophomores, and, uh, you know, we, we really accomplished a lot with that group. And, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of doubted uh, what we could do as a program with uh, the guys coming back, guys with no varsity experience and early started from scratch. Uh, so I was just so proud of the way the boys competed. Uh, you know, getting 16 wins, I would have loved to have seen what would happen if that Destran game wouldn't have got uh, rained out. It could have been maybe number 17, and who knows if we get the Warren Easton game in. But, uh, you know, nevertheless, uh, you know, exceeded a lot of expectations here. Uh, you know, within the community. So I was definitely proud to see the, the grit that our senior class had to compete. Once they got their turn, they took the ball and ran with it and never looked back. So I'm just so proud of the way those kids competed all year. This is unrelated to Tarpon baseball, but it just goes to show how crazy the power rating setup is. Is If you guys finish the game with Destrahan and win, Ellender's going to the playoffs. If you guys play Warren Easton and win, Ellender's going to the playoffs. Like it's so crazy how things that happen around you affect you. Like it's it's crazy. I didn't, you don't realize how big of a web it is until you see stories like that. Yeah, it really is crazy. And uh, every game played on every given night affects thirty other teams on your schedule. Yep. you know, and uh, as it's every team in the state's going through. So it's uh, no, it really is. It's an all-encompassing system, and uh, you know. Uh, complicated at first once you try to break it down but uh you know simplified you got to win games and your opponents have to win games yeah no doubt about that man look you guys are replacing um a very talented senior group uh and, and one of the big areas that you're going to be replacing is, is got to find some innings on the mound man i know looking ahead and the season just ended so maybe it's premature to look ahead but it's gonna be a big summer for some of those guys on the bump and swamp land trying to figure out how they could you know break through and earn some varsity innings in the next season right 
Yeah, it really will. And look, the innings are there to be had. The majority of our innings were eaten up by Mason Bizzagard, Luke Sanimo, and Jacob Curall this year. So um, definitely, uh, you know, liked a lot of what we saw in Brock Johnson. Um, Jacob Pierce is a guy that we didn't use a ton just because he had some arm issues uh, early in the season. Uh, stemming back from really whenever he was 13, 14 years old, kind of re-aggravated a little something. But uh, we're going to get him stronger. We're going to get him back. And uh, don't drop your, uh, don't drop my call, but uh, we're going to look at him from the left side of the mound as well because uh, we, we think he could do it. Uh, you know, his first ever time doing it, he threw 45% strikes. And we have guys that have been throwing right-handed all their life that in their first bullpen don't throw anywhere close to 45% strikes. Uh, so we're going to explore him uh, from the left side a little bit, kind of develop that. Um, guys like Austin Curiel just needs to get a little bit stronger. Cooper Worley, uh, we saw a lot out of him. Maybe just needs to get a little bit stronger up the view a little bit. Uh, but we like the guys that we have. It's just about getting them out on, getting them reps. So just just to clarify this, you've got an ambidextrous pitcher. Pierce over there could throw with the left hand? We're going to explore it. <laughs> and, and look, it was uh, so special seeing him. Uh, he practices uh, sometimes left-handed. When his right arm was sore, he could play the outfield as a left-hander and slinging the ball all over the park. Um, what was so impressive about it is his, uh, I guess, his motion and his wind-up, his, uh, how he comes to balance out the stretch. It's identical. It, it's identical from both sides of, uh, of the mound. So, uh, look, it's definitely something. To, look, he's a sophomore now. It's time to start exploring it a little bit. So we're going uh, to see if we have something there. You know? And if we do have something, uh, you bet you, but we're going to uh, try to exploit as much as we can out of it. Very interesting. Now, look, man, offensively, you guys have a little bit more back. You know, you're going to have uh, Josh Mack and you know, Lede and you know, Pierce, and you guys got a little bit more of the lineup than you do the Orms. Over the summer, uh, you're going to have to plug in some spots as well. Uh, talk about that as, you know, there are going to be some starting positions to be had, won't there? Oh, for sure, man. And uh, look, it's kind of deciding what we want to do. Uh, do we move Brock Johnson back to the infield and start totally from scratch in the outfield? Uh, you know, Josh Mass probably it looks early behind the plate. And, uh, you know, we like what we see there in him. Also, um, with the uh, with the DH spot, if, uh, if Camden comes into defensive position, who are we looking at as a DH? So uh, we have a lot of uh, good uh, guys at uh, the JV level, guys like Caden Angelette, Max Bedros. Uh, Dane Danos had a good season offensively. Uh, Lucas Nitros, and I know I'm leaving some guys out, but some guys that are ready to step up and, uh, you know, kind of get those early looks offensively. And uh, I'm always, always been this way. We're going to try to find the best nine bats and then figure it out defensively after and uh, try to make it work there. So a uh, lot of opportunities for our guys this summer. So tell me about Camdenberg. Where, where does he, or where would he play on defense? I know that, look, he's battling the shoulder thing and he's been having a hard time throwing the ball, and that's why the DH thing was kind of natural for him. But where, like, is he a corner infielder, first baseman? Like, where would he, where would he usually fit? Yes, if uh, if everything's good, he would be uh, getting looks at first base. Uh, Jack's a little bit, uh, I guess, has a little bit more range. Jack is a natural first baseman, but he's also gonna, uh, he might pick out that we could plug into different spots if we need Cam to be in the lineup defensively because maybe we have another guy that needs to fill that DH role that's more of a liability. It's just kind of how it all fits in together. Um, best nine bats and we'll try to figure it out as best we can so look the assumption is and i don't know how it's going to work but mike barber told me um i believe it was two shows ago he said hey look we're going to meet over the summer in june but we're being told that nothing's going to change until two school years from now so like the next school year is going to still be the same old system 
this June meeting is for two school years from now, which I think is crazy. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Knowing what you know, if the system is the same next year and you guys are Division One playing a 4A district but competing in the playoffs with 5A schools, how are you going to shuffle your schedule differently to try to be more ready for that? And, look, I'm not committing to anything until that's made. Uh, last year, uh, you know, what happened, we had a lot of return trips last year and a lot of return games that we, we had started a couple of things with people. Uh, and I, I was a uh, man of my word. I honored those commitments to teams that we had to go make a return trip to or they had to return to us, whatever. Uh, but I'll, I'll be flat with you. Our schedule was set up a specific way this year. It was meant to be easier earlier with a new team coming in, get some confidence before we hit the meat and potatoes of our schedule. Worked out great. Worked out fine. We had the season that I thought we had. The problem is we weren't playing in the bracket that I thought we would be playing in. <laughs> so, uh, you know, whereas we could have been a 15 seed, we ended up being a 29 and left out. So if it is the same format going forward, I'm just not making any commitments right now, but we're going to have to be a lot smarter uh, about how we schedule. Every team on our schedule is going to have to be a, a 12 to 18 win team at worst. Um, and that, that's just the way you got to play it. If you end that bracket and if you want a chance to make it, uh, it you know, your goal could be to win as many games as you can, or your goal could be to make the playoffs and have a shot at a championship. The goal should be to make the playoffs and have a shot at the championship, whatever it takes to get there. Uh, so uh, that's uh, kind of what I'm going to be leaning toward. It's uh, probably going to be a little bit more five heavy, especially if we get those extra two points uh, still. And, uh, you know, like uh, like you said, though, I'm just going to wait till June, see exactly what it is before I truly, truly commit to anything. Okay, no, that, that makes perfect sense, man. Um, looking back at it, you guys were 16-13, and 13, really good year. But look, man, look. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, you guys had some that you kind of gave away too now. You lost to St. Edmund, a game you could have won, Central Lafouge. There were some games that you guys, looking back, could have maybe done a little better than what you did. Are there any games that stand out or any areas that stand out as like, hey, going forward next year, we've got to be better in these areas? Yeah, no, I mean, the games that stand out are the two that you mentioned right there, especially. Uh, that, uh, that St. Edmunds one was a killer. Uh, you know, and actually getting into the truck, uh, which, uh, Coach Chasson leaving the park and said, Coach, that might be the one that keeps us out. And it, it wasn't just that one, but uh, there were several of them. And, uh, look, we just got to – Pay more attention to detail, man. We had an inexperienced team this year with more experience back. I mean, you got to understand, you have got to focus every pitch for 21 outs for seven innings. You cannot take a pitch off. You cannot, uh, you know, just because you're a guy that's used to being at one position where you locked in and the ball might get hit to you every play on the infield or behind the plate because we stick you in the outfield, you still have to have that same level of intensity and focus every play. So, I think it was some growing pains uh, for a lot of guys within our program, some good examples to be said. I think that uh, we learned our lesson as coaches as far as just because, uh, you know, you, you just can't take anything for granted. You can't take anything for granted that they know or that they are that locked in. So we have to do a better job as coaches making sure they are locked in every single pitch and that they, they do know. So uh, we're going to take it in stride and try to get them better next year. You were at game one yesterday, Thibodeau and South Terrebonne. Boy, you know, big energy in the park. Thibodeau jumps on them early. South Terrebonne battles back. The Tigers win at the end, which is a great high school baseball game, wasn't it? It was, man, and I actually had to leave early to get my kids to bed. I told my wife that I would be leaving at around 7 o'clock thinking I could catch four innings. Dude, we were still in the second inning <laughs> at 7 o'clock. And, uh, look, it looked like Thibodeau was going to put it on them. Um, you know, you could definitely tell at the end of the game with South Terrebonne going to Jackson Martin that they they really felt the urgency that they had a shot to win that one and the heck with saving anything, they were going to win that one right there. 
and I don't blame him one bit. Uh, just a lot of grit from South Terrible, and you can't help but be impressed uh, with uh, the fights they showed. And uh, and Thibodeau, I know, Casey, was that your first time seeing him in person? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, they're, they're scrappy as hell, man. How, how physical is that lineup, man? Uh, one through nine, man, just some big boys. It, uh, it reminds me of us a couple of years ago, just every guy there, there's no break. So, a uh, tremendous series. I thought that there would be uh, a lot of offensive firepower from both sides. And uh, I think that's going to be the trend going forward, man. It should be an exciting one on Saturday. Good stuff, man. Thanks so much for the time. We'll chat soon. All right, Casey. Have a good one. Yep. There's Coach Chandler Guitros doing an excellent job. Love this honesty. You know, hey, we've got to fill some innings. We've got to figure some things out. Uh, they will. There's no doubt that they will. But uh, they do have some questions that they have to answer over the summer. It is a big summer for them over in Tarpon Land. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk some NBA. I'm going to tell you why. I mean, it, <clears throat> another officiating mistake yesterday, right? Well, I shouldn't say another officiating mistake, but I actually think they got it right with Draymond Green, but I don't think they got it right yesterday with James Harden. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm just pulling from my guy, but I'll talk about that in the next segment of the show. These officials are taking over playoff games, and I got issues with that. We'll talk about that in the next segment. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Want to become a certified babysitter? Terrebonne General Health System is excited to offer super sitter classes. Participants will learn first aid and CPR along with safety, business, and basic child care skills. Classes are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne General. Upon completion of the program, students will receive a two-year American Red Cross Babysitter CPR first aid certification. Our summer sessions are about to kick off. For class schedules and prices or to register, call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com.
Yesterday in the NBA, we had a trifecta. We had three games that were played. Um, the results really weren't all that surprising in any of them. Remember I told you yesterday, like, bet a lot on the Warriors. They were a six-point favorite. When the Warriors have to win a game and they're at home, they're going to win. A, because they're going to get every single call, which that actually wasn't a factor yesterday. B, they're going to do what they have to do, play better, play better defense, whatever it may be. Golden State gets a win. I actually did well on the Warriors and Kings yesterday, but here's what I did. I took the Warriors minus six, and I was very confident about that. But then what I also did is I took, for less money, I took the Warriors minus 10. I took the Warriors minus 12. I took the Warriors minus 15. I took the Warriors minus 20 and just kept going on and on. And those bets for more odds get you more money. So I won the minus 10. I won the minus 12. I won the minus 15. And for three, four bucks, I was turning those into like big winnings, like plus 200, plus 250, plus 300. So was doing well with those. And then I lost the plus 200, but that's okay. All right, the, 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 uh, the Warriors um, said plus 200. I lost the Warriors minus 20, rather. And But that's okay. You know, we hit all the others. Golden State played well yesterday. They did what they had to do. But my venom yesterday comes in two places from the NBA. The officiating was bad yesterday. Um, now that we've got the Draymond Green suspension, now that he missed yesterday's game and he was thrown out, given a flagrant two for stomping on Sabonis' chest or whatever you want to call it, there's now a tendency to overreact to anything that happens because all oh, well, you threw Draymond out so you got to throw this guy oh this guy did this that guy did that there becomes a tattletale society where now you're going to have to police everything and this is the reason why it becomes a slippery slope and why officials should stay in the background because when you start making yourself a part of it and you are becoming front and center a big part of the story Everybody's trying to hold you to a precedent. James Harden got ejected last night from the 76ers win against the Brooklyn Nets in the third quarter. Driving to the goal, using his right hand, Harden used his offhand to like tap a Nets defender. Not even looking, not even really knowing what he was doing, just like using his offhand. He just so happened to tap the guy in the midsection. The guy sold it, pretended like he'd gotten hit with a sledgehammer in the groin, acted like he was dead. The officials reviewed the play on replay. Harden got ejected, upgraded to flagrant two foul. Here's the thing. That wasn't even a foul, period. Like, that wasn't even a foul, period. He didn't extend his off arm. He tapped him with his off arm. That happens every single play of every single NBA game. That wasn't even a foul at all. And now we're ejecting people for doing non-flagrant, non-violent acts. But earlier in the same game, Joel Embiid kicked Nick Claxton for standing over him, and nothing happened. So that's where there becomes an issue, right? These officials are so eager to suspend and so eager to throw people out and so eager to do this and so eager to do that. But there's not any consistency there. Because, look, I'm a 76er guy, right? I'm a fan. I, And, yeah, part of this is me standing up for my guy Harden, right? And I understand that. But Embiid right now is a better player than Harden is. And Embiid 
is more valuable to Philly than what Harden is. He should have been thrown out of the game in the first minute of the game whenever he kicked Nicholas Claxton. Nothing happened. But James Harden uses his offhand and just kind of gives a love tap to somebody and just so happens to accidentally hit him in the groin. The guy acts like he's been shot by a, a, an AK-47 and now it becomes an ejection. Not okay with that. Not okay with that. The, the officials have to do better and use common sense. Every single analyst that I have seen analyze this play, that I've seen analyze this situation, says that this was an overreach by the officials. And it all comes down to the same thing. And it's something that I've talked about in every single sport. We have too much replay in sports. Harden wasn't thrown out initially on the floor. He wasn't thrown out on the floor. Called for an offensive foul. But then then what did we do? We huddled. We looked at it on replay. We heard the crowd reaction as they were looking at it on replay. Every time they're seeing it, ooh, ah, ooh. The officials panicked. There's too much replay in sports. We got the call right on the floor yesterday. We called an offensive foul. We looked and looked and looked and looked, and we found something. That's not what it's in the good spirit of an official. Call what you see. If you got to go and look and hash and rehash and try to dig and find something, that's not what your job is to do, bro. Your job is to call what you see. You are not a detective. This is not like the press conference that LPSO had a couple days ago where they're, you know, breaking a cold case and are digging in the mud and trying to find a skull. And that's not your job. Your job is to call what you see. You're not, you know, being asked to investigate anything. There's too much replay in sports in every sport. It makes the basketball viewing experience bad. It ruins Saturday and Sunday college football and NFL because everything gets reviewed. It's bad for the sport. Except that they're going to miss a few and accept that, hey, at the end of the day, you know, it's just part of it, right? I would much rather watch a game that doesn't have any replay reviews but that has a few bad calls here or there than watch a game that there's 15 plays that get reviewed and we're watching officials watch a television screen for 30 minutes of our broadcast. Get rid of that. The 76ers beat the Nets last night 102 to 97. That series is over. That series was over before game one. The, the Nets are a team without stars. Mikhail Bridges thinks he's a star. He's been given a, a rude awakening in stardom in this postseason. He was 9 of 26 last night. He's not at that level just yet. Brooklyn plays hard. I give them that. They play hard. They're just not talented enough to compete with the best of the best. So that was my first take. My second take from the NBA yesterday is, man, it's got to be really frustrating to be a fan of Kawhi Leonard. Um, and, and frankly, I, I'll go so I, I don't know how people do it. Um, Kawhi Leonard virtually load managed an NBA playoff game yesterday. He played game one and game two on the road in Phoenix. and was terrific. He was excellent in both. You know, scoring, playing good defense on Kevin Durant. He was outstanding. He was he was looking like the Kawhi Leonard of old. And 
without any indication that he's injured, without any indication that he's bothered, without any indication that he's he's battling anything. We just randomly in the middle of the day yesterday get the alert, oh, he's knee soreness, he's out. Kawhi Leonard load managed a playoff game yesterday. That can't happen. You know, we talk about Zion and we talk about, you know, all the different injuries and, and, and some of the different situations that people have. There's no one who plays less than Kawhi Leonard. Like this dude every year is fighting something. Didn't play at all a couple years ago. This year, 52 games. He's in and out of the lineup. He's always resting, and he don't play back-to-backs. And Now, apparently, yesterday, he decided, oh, yeah, even though it's a playoff game, even though we need it, even though we're at home, we got a little momentum. My knee's sore. I can't play. I'm sorry, guy. My knee's sore. A game, mind you, that they lost by five and played really well. Look, we could criticize Russell Westbrook until the cows come home, and a lot of it is warranted. Guy played his ass off yesterday. 30 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds. He fought. He competed. Didn't get any support from his star player who, oh, my knee's sore. I can't go today, guys. If Kawhi Leonard's in a spot in his career, and he may well be, he you know his knee might legitimately be hurt. But if you're in the spot in your career where you just can't play more than one or two games a week, you know what you need to do, Kawhi? You need to retire. You need to retire. Because you are being paid frontline premier wage, a big old salary, a maximum contract salary, and you're never out there. Never out there. And if it's a situation where your body just can't withstand the long, grueling grind of the NBA schedule, nor the NBA playoff schedule where you're playing pretty much every other day, for a month and a half, two months, then go home. Because this is frustrating, man, and it's not talked about a lot because it's the Clippers, right? And virtually no one cares about the Clippers, so it's not made a big deal. But imagine if he did this for the Knicks. Imagine if he did this for the Lakers. Imagine if he did this for the Celtics. How big of a story it would be that one of the best players in the NBA in a series that was anybody's guess, one-to-one, you're at home, you win yesterday, you're up two to one, and you've got real momentum. You could do this. Oh, my knees hurt. I, I can't play today, guys. I'm sorry. That's a mess. That's a mess, and that's a mess that the league has to figure out, like, now. Because low management's not going away. Do you got to shorten the season? Like, what do we have to do to stop this crap from happening? Is it isolated to just Kawhi? I don't know. It might be. Maybe he's just the worst defender of them all. But that's not a good look for the league when you got a guy virtually load managing and resting during a playoff series that his team still has an opportunity to win. It's not any good for anybody. Tonight we got Boston and Atlanta. Um, You know what I think of Boston and Atlanta? Atlanta's out of that one. Um, the Knicks and the Cavs will be some fun. That's at the Garden. Getting a little intrigued by the Timberwolves in Denver. Uh, the Timberwolves, the pieces don't fit, but I do think they can maybe win a home game or two against the Nuggets. The Nuggets are, um, I don't know, man. Like I've seen Denver fail so many times that I never would be surprised if the worst possible thing happens to them, right? That's the thing about Denver. Yeah, they're up 2-0. Yeah, they're the one seed. 
But does anybody really envision this postseason ending with Jokic holding up the championship trophy? No one thinks that's what's going to happen. We've all seen the Nuggets lose it. The Nuggets are the Ted DiBiase of the NBA. They get to the main event or the semi-main event, and then they put over the guy who's about to win the championship. They're not the team that wins it all. They're the team that loses to the Warriors before the Warriors wins it all. They're not the team that, that you know wins the championship. They're the team that makes it to the finals and then loses to Boston in the finals. That's what the Nuggets are. They're not the team that hoists the trophy. They're the team that gives a fight to the team who hoists the trophy. No one thinks Denver's going to win it all. Everybody's expecting exactly what's probably going to happen. Denver wins a series or two and then loses to the Suns, who they make it to the finals. That's just what they are. So there's always this small little cloud in the back of everybody's mind that the next thing that happens to the Nuggets will be the worst possible thing that could happen to the Nuggets. Because that's all that we've ever seen. That's all that we've ever seen. They're they're perennially that team that puts over the talent that ends up going over, if that makes any sense. The NBA version of Ted DiBiase. And there ain't nothing wrong with being Ted DiBiase. Made a lot of money doing that. There's a lot of guys on that Nugget team making a whole lot of money. But at the end of the day, you're still not the top guy, right? You're not Hulk Hogan. You're not Randy Savage. And you're just on that secondary tier. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Damian St. Pierre. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too, through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. If you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bed bugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. 
Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Back to play by play here on KLEB. Casey Gisclair here. We go to the phone lines for our final call in guest of the week, and that would be one Coach Damien St. Pierre with the South Lafouche Flash, South Lafouche Biddy, Golden Medal Middle School, all that good stuff. D, good afternoon, bro. What's going on, man? Hey, Casey. Uh, what's going on, man? I, every time I get on, I, I'm always listening to the, the intro theme, final countdown. I feel like every time you call me when we get on the air, it may be your final countdown on the air. I promise you, I swear to you, I chose that song to make that exact joke, which is that this might be my last radio segment, so we might as well. Yeah, so we're we're along the same uh, train of thought there, partner. Um, That's scary. <laughs> let, let, let's start local. Uh, Flash went out and played at some tournaments around the state last weekend. I don't know what's on the schedule for this weekend, but it looked like some good showings. I know there were some LGR events, and I don't know if any of the boys' teams played, but it looked like... Heck, every time I was hitting refresh on Facebook, I was seeing another player getting profiled or another result, and you guys did pretty well last weekend, didn't you? Yeah, we, you know, we, we played pretty well. Our teams, our sixth grade team is the team that everybody kind of talks about. That's the team that placed second in the YBOA Nationals last year. Um, but, you know, we have a small roster for that team, so if we have a couple kids that's not available, we just play up. So last week we played up. Um, we, we were still gelling. We, we won some games on both ends. It seemed like it was a it was a like a, a straight line bracket of what they call with eight teams. You win, you go to the right, you lose, you go to the left. I feel like every team we lost to ended up winning the either the third place game or the winners bracket. Or it was a it, it was a they did a great job and LGR does a great job in general of uh, of recognizing the kids and um, that you know they pay attention to the games and they they watch who's who's kind of doing doing the things that that they want to showcase. And we had a bunch of kids that were. They got the opportunity to be showcased, and then yesterday they came out with their middle school rankings, and we had three of our girls, Amy uh, Ingram, Kinsley Terrebonne, and Leighton Fuller, that got on the, the middle school state watch list, which is pretty awesome to, to be a part of. On the boys' side, last week we had seventh grade, eighth grade take place in a YBOA tournament at Country Day. I know our eighth grade were pretty successful getting into the last four of a freaking loaded bracket. Uh, seventh grade, still, still trying to get that chemistry together, but you know, anytime you get out there and, and play in, and you know, we, not a lot, not everybody has that opportunity to be able to do that. And you know, I'm glad to be able to be a part of an organization that's 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 offering that to you know our, our kids from the area. And a couple parents made the made the um, I guess made the comment at practice. We were scrimmaging. It's like it's like a parish all star team. It's uh, you know, specific on the girl side. It's some good times, man. You know, we're we're in the, the beginning of our season, and we're hoping to uh, to get better and better every time we get out there. That's good stuff, man. Uh, let's talk a little bit of NBA. I did a whole segment in the last part of the show uh, talking about you know the Nuggets and the 76ers and I mean, different topics. Yesterday, James Harden got thrown out of a game. Um, and look, this is my guy. Maybe I'm short-sighted. Maybe I'm not this. Maybe I'm not seeing this right. 
Like, he really didn't do nothing. Like, he, he used his offhand and just kind of gave a love tap to somebody, and then the guy acted like he got shot by a, a machine gun, and then now we're reviewing it, and now, you know, and all of a sudden he's getting ejected, and they're talking about suspending people. And, like, I feel like after this Draymond Green thing, like, we've all just lost our minds, man. Like, ain't no way should that have been an ejection. That was barely even a foul. Like, what are we doing? I was hoping we would discuss this. Um Casey, to say he didn't do anything is a far stretch, I, I believe. Um, I, I don't know if there's any malicious intent behind it, but he was trying to draw contact. And I don't know if he was trying to draw contact in the area that he drew contact in, but um, to, to warrant an ejection and then later in the game uh, to give him B the pass on a direct kick to the right. section, um, that, that's, a, that's a little bit much. And, you know, we're talking about people not making it in the 80s or, or the 90s, and it that's that range true to me because everybody would be thrown out and you'd be playing, you know, the, the 15 guy on the bench against the 15 guy on the bench in a one-on-one matchup by the end of the by the end of the game. But it's very selective on who they choose to punish when that happens. Um, you know, just because a guy got stepped over gives you. I know that's disrespectful, but at the same time, to fully kick somebody in the midsection and then previous in the game to have, a, a, you know, a little bit of contact on a play. It, it just doesn't it, it doesn't vibrate on the consistency of the, of of the game, and then you got the Draymond Green thing. Yeah, look, what, what's always the old ad is the second person gets caught. Um, I mean, Draymond has the, you know, he, he's got the reputation for being dirty and and doing things like that. But at the same time, you, you got a guy specifically guarding him just to get him riled up, just to be able to do that. Um, and you know, there's, there's got to be some some impact for for both of, both sides of of, uh, of of the altercations. I mentioned this in the last segment, and I'm going to ask you if you agree. I think that what ruins it is replay. Yesterday, Harden just got called for an offensive foul initially. Hey, that's okay. Let's cool. Let's keep playing. But then we go and look at it, and then we go and look at it again, and in super slow motion, and then we look at it from this angle, and we convince ourselves that it's worse than what it actually is. Replay ruins all of this stuff. Man, let's just play ball. And I was a big proponent of replay when it came out because, man, you got to get everything right. But with the way it's progressed, it's ruined sports. I used to love NFL football. I used to – I didn't coach Biddy basketball because I wanted to sit on my couch and watch Sunday Ticket. And, you know, when, when replay started, uh, it, was, it was a great thing. And now, the way, like I said, the way it's progressed, it's ruined the game. Every single play is under review, and college football is trend, trending that way as well. It, it's, it's all right, we'll stop the game. You're supposed to have two minutes. It ends up being a 10-minute commercial, and just watching referees do that with the technology we have, that should be instant. Um, there shouldn't be any objectivity in that. It, it is what it is. Um, you should have limit. I guess, a limit on the actual limit. You need to put a time frame on there, just like they're doing. You know, we talk about the baseball pitch clock and, and whatever that joke is right now. You know, put a time limit on there. If it's, if it's 90 seconds, if it's two minutes, that's all you get. And there's, if you can't see it in that, then it's not there. And that, that needs to be, there needs to be some tweaking in that. I'm not saying to get rid of it 100%, but there needs to be some tweaking in, as far as the time frame on which those decisions are made. No, I agree 100%. That would be a really good fix. I also talked in the last segment about Kawhi Leonard, man. He, just a frustrating player. I mean, look. Had a great first two games to the series against the Suns. It was guarding Kevin Durant. They stole a game on the road. Then without any indication that he's hurt, like he just randomly on oh, my knees so I can't play. And look, his knee might be sore. His knee might be, he might be in so much pain that he could barely walk. I don't know. 
But boy, it just feels like so often with this dude, we just get random injuries that we don't see coming. And like every time we get a little Kawhi momentum, he's out for the next month and then we don't see him. It's Yeah, he, he's been weird throughout his whole career. He's, um, there's a meme that goes around social media with him doing that, that kind of weird laugh. Uh, I mean, <laughs> right. that's just, just, just in general, he's, he's, he's not a normal cat. He's, he's a guy that kind of plays to the tune of his own drums and, or uh, marshals to the tune of his own drums, and he's always been like that. And, and you know, he, he's he's a hell of a player. I mean, the guy gets stuff done. He's a winner. He's win. He's won everywhere he's gone. But there's always this little like last ten percent of of uh, maybe I don't want to use the word commitment, but maybe maybe that's maybe that's the right word. It's not like he's uh, it's not like his team just went down the drain and he faked an injury, and then when his team started winning without him, he miraculously recovered. He's not like that sort of guy. Yeah, it's 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 just very interesting to see. I mentioned, I don't know if you were listening to the last segment, but I mentioned something that I think that you're going to be very entertained by. I said, look, you got the Nuggets who are playing today, and I said the Nuggets are the Ted DiBiase of the NBA. They're always there, right? They're always at the end of the of the card, but they're never winning the title, right? They're always putting over the guy who wins the title. They're the team that loses to the Warriors before the Warriors win the title. They're the team that makes it to the finals but then loses to Boston in the finals or whatever it may be. There's a lot of folks that think Denver's got a chance to win it all. I'm not one of them. I think they're going to job for the champion. What say you? Will the Nuggets finally win? the? Like, will, will Jokic, you know, buy the championship this year like, like DiBiase did in the 80s? Will they finally find a way to get it? That's exactly where I was going with that. They're going to create, like, a second-place <laughs> conference championship title just to be able to give them uh, – look – I've I've uh, I've watched enough playoff basketball to know that this is my second favorite time of basketball to watch basketball year aside from March Madness and there's so it's like, we mention this every week it's so wide open um, you know and there's so many there's so many stars and um, to me Denver's not in that in that in that top discussion of uh, of champs so I don't I don't think they're they're going to get there I don't think it's their year. There's a lot of teams playing a lot of high-quality basketball last night, and I tell you what, that, that even like the Sixers net series is fun to watch. Uh, the Kings and, and Warriors, I mean, there's zero defense in that in that series. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot more to me. There's a lot more talented teams than, than what Denver's bringing to the table because they haven't. And look, they haven't got there. Just like you said, the DiBiase mold. They haven't got there. They've, they've kind of been that that um, always that that's not to say second-tier team, but I guess lower bottom lower top-tier team that doesn't necessarily get to the top. So now let's talk some LSU. LSU football tomorrow, the spring game. They, uh, they're they mixing things up. They changed the way Tiger Stadium looks. They redid the end zones. They redid the 50-yard line. Now they, they clarified, hey, this is only for the spring. We're not doing this for the fall. Brian Kelly has been very open in saying, hey, Jaden Daniels is bigger and stronger. He's gained weight. He's made strides as a passer. All that having been said, LSU fans are trash, and they're not going to be satisfied no matter what they see tomorrow. So are you excited for the overreaction tomorrow? Oh, bruh, where's Walker Howard, bruh? We we need a quarterback, bruh. Man, look, Jaden Daniels was a stud last year. I don't – like, Joe Burrow does not come around every single year. That's a once-in-a-lifetime player that, that, that LSU got a chance to, to borrow for a couple years. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels was a so, yes, did he have bad times? Absolutely. But look at the quarterback play throughout the country. You're talking about um, Anthony Richardson from Florida, which I mean, you and I go back and forth about how horrible Florida is and how horrible of a how horrible of a, of a situation that they're in right now. Um, you know, you got a guy like that 
that went six and seven last year or six and six last year uh, took him half the season to throw a touchdown pass, and he's he, he's in, he may be a, a top pick in the NFL draft or right. you know first second round. So what are we comparing that to? Are we comparing everybody that ever suits up and strapped and, and you know laces up the cleats at LSU in the quarterback position to Joe Burrow? That's unfair. Um, I think we had one of the top ten quarterbacks in the country last year. I think we're going to have him again, and I also think, you know, I, I think Nussmar could he could he could sling it obviously as well. Where I think we're well suited in that area. I know we got some some recruits coming in in that area. My only concern for the LSU team is going to be at running back, and I don't think we had a consistent back last year that can hold on to the football. I think our most talented back was had fumble had fumbleitis. Um, you know, I'm anxious to see what we've done in that position. We've shored up the offensive line tremendously. We've shored up the tight end position uh, position tremendously. Uh, every pretty much every position on defense. Maybe the secondary will be some kind of kind of concern. Wide receiver positions loaded. Um, you know, we, we Brian Kelly's positioned himself to have one of the top teams in the country. We didn't think it would happen this fast, but I'm glad to be a part of, of, of what he's doing. And we're going to find out pretty early in the season. Um, you know what we're made of, but as far as the spring game, you can't take too too much out of that. Um, you got to try to keep it positive, and you know just stay healthy at the same time. It must be one of the funnest jobs in the world right now to be an assistant coach for the LSU women's basketball team, because everyone wants to be part of what you're doing. Like you're a recruiter, you know when that momentum's right and that vibe's right, and everybody wants to be part of it. How fun that is. They're a finalist, final three for Anissa Morrow, a DePaul, a DePaul transfer who averaged 25.7 points and 12.2 rebounds per game. Imagine adding that to the LSU lineup. LSU, South Carolina, and USC are her finalists. LSU is also a finalist for Haley Van Lith, a guard from Louisville who averages 20-plus points a game. On top of that, you got the number one high school recruiting class in the country. You're returning Angel Reese. You've got several key returnees back, like it must be so much fun. You could just go and like playing NBA Live. You could just pick who you want. <laughs> that's that's scary. It's scary the culture that Mulkey's created and her staff's created and her players have, that have created. Um, you know they're they're tough. They're they're you know they're obviously talented. It's it's it, like you said. It's a really really good time there. Um, I'm a uh, man. Lee, she was kind of you know she's a superstar. And I don't know how much help she had around her. Still, her team got to the Final Four. Um, you know, and to add her to that roster is huge. I read about the, the the lady from DePaul coming in. I didn't really know much about her, but just kind of reading about it. If your top three is has South Carolina and LSU in that top three, you got to be one a very very coveted player. And then coming up, I mean, uh, I, I think it's Jada Richard that that's coming up, the number one recruit in the, in the state, and she was highly ranked throughout the nation, not just the state. Um, Kim Mulkey has set up LSU basketball to be successful for a long, long time. Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. Look, Nichols hired their men's basketball coach yesterday, kind of out of left field. Tavon Sadler, we remember him just a couple years ago as a player. Then he did a couple of seasons, you know, kind of direct their basketball ops at Nichols. Then he went to McNeese for a year, South Alabama, landed at Maryland last year, kind of bounced around. Uh, we heard him as just kind of like an oddball name as somebody that they would maybe give an interview to. He ends up getting the job. He's 28 years old. He's going to be one of the youngest coaches in the country, going to bring some energy. He is a colonel. Nichols now now has two colonels running the men and the women's program, and it's very evident. You look at Rebo, Louisiana guy, Sadler, Nichols guy, Justin Payne, a Nichols guy. 
Jonathan Terrell has made it clear he's localizing that department. He wants colonels or Louisiana guys in there. And, and that, that's, I believe that's the right thing to do. But at the same time, you know, the the last two coaches have been very successful at Nichols on, on the men's side. And it, like you said, it kind of came out of left field. I remember Sadler, that, that's when you and I started getting excited about yep. Nichols basketball when Richie Riley brought him in. We are like, man, this guy's a stud. Um, you know, kind of reading, I saw Austin Clunch yesterday had a tweet or our Facebook post saying, you know, congratulations to, to Sadler. It's weird having, you know, asking you to come here recruiting you here and then now having to clean out my office for you to be here and it's uh it's a good road I'm, I, you know not really proven as a head coach no no real experience there but you know who's to say as long as you can recruit you can get the guys that you want in there obviously you know being that player that that uh operations manager in that in that that, that basketball world he knows the talent level that he's going to have to bring in to be successful he's been successful on that level and then you know coming from a big time program like like maryland you're not just being picked to be on that staff just because you, you you're just a you know a random person to fill a spot. Obviously, he has the mind for the game. He's played at that he's played at that that level before, and to be able to kind of speak that language of, of that younger generation is is where you need to be right now as a as a college basketball coach. That seems to be who's successful at at that level. Boxing court in New Orleans this weekend, if you want to call it boxing, because I understand that there's a lot of you know celebrities and YouTubers and different things of the sort. Um, give us a rundown. What do you know about the card, and is this something we should be paying attention to, man? Man, that's so, so I'm a boxing guy through and through, and anytime there's a local fighter, I'm somehow paying attention or somewhat paying attention to what's going on. So local fighter Jeremy Hill from New Orleans, he's 17-2 middleweight, uh, has been posting on social media saying he's fighting. I was like, man, I cannot find anything about this card. And apparently it's a it's – a, um, promoter from the UK that specializes in these uh, YouTube social media influencer type of bouts. Oddly enough, the main event is Le'Veon Bell, uh, former Pittsburgh Steeler and former uh, New York Jet, taking on some random YouTuber. And like every rundown of every fight that that I read, uh, pretty much says if this guy learned to box, he could be dangerous. So it's going to be a weird card. Uh, not much publicity. Which is which is odd, but I think you know they're going to actually be on the the Zone Network DAZN, uh, which is hosts a lot of primetime fights. That that'll that'll start I think at six o'clock, um, and they're playing at one of the I can't remember the exact place, but it's on the campus of Xavier in New Orleans. So if you're interested in some fights tonight, I don't know what they're going to be very good, but I know Jeremy Hill's on the card. He's one of the top prospects in Louisiana. The guy could flat out fight. He's he's proven himself at the. You know, at that next level, maybe not the top level, but at least he's proven himself on that mid level to be to be the, the kind of fighter that you want to see, and he may be entertained. I, I don't know. There's this guy, a pizza eating guy that, that's fighting. I mean, it's it's all over the place. It seems like a almost like a carnival uh, type atmosphere rather than than a professional boxing atmosphere. It's way too late in the day to eat pizza. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Wasn't going there. Wasn't going there. <laughs> Tank Davis will be fighting Ryan Garcia this weekend. That's kind of the big premier fight of the weekend. That one will be on, on I believe, Showtime. Tank Davis is one of the top guys. Uh, he's favored to beat Garcia. You think he's going to get the win? Man, last night I was watching some social media. Again, I was, I was doing some, some boxing, uh, just, just reading some boxing headlines and whatnot. Those two guys found themselves uh, on like, a, like some type of social media live stream with each other that was broadcasted. And they made a deal, and I don't know if this is going to stick, but they made a deal for a winner-take-all purse bid. Yes. So 
I don't know how that's going to go. Um, man, everybody's saying Garcia's chin is not what it should be and that, that, that Davis is going to kind of demolish him. I think Davis will win, but I think Garcia's going to make he's going to make it tough for uh, for Davis to, to come out with a dub, uh, especially when you got that much money on the line and you going home with a zero in your paycheck. That's got to be that's got to be some incentive to, to fight a little bit harder. That's crazy. I, I hadn't seen the winner take all purse. I, I I had seen that both guys said that they were betting their whole purse on themselves at a sports book. So either way, they're doing some crazy stuff with their money, man. Hey, look, I'm I'm sure these guys are making you know uh, efforts to. Uh, you know, close to a million dollars per fight, if not if not more than that. That's some money I wouldn't be messing around with. But look, man, they earned it. You know, both of those guys very highly ranked amateur fighters. And, you know, they they paved their way in the professional ranks, and it's a it's a fight that's being talked about by a lot of folks that maybe aren't uh, main that are you know maybe not mainstream boxing, just mainstream boxing fans, and not just you know guys that you know not not weekend warriors that just watch fights. Um, you know, whenever they come on. Another thing, Casey, that I just kind of remembered. Um, for that fight card tonight, it's tonight in New Orleans. Kimbo Slice Jr. is oh. uh, making his professional boxing debut coming from the MMA ranks. And I watched the, the weigh-in, and he's not as big as his dad, but he, he definitely looks the part. That's very interesting. I didn't realize that. I might check that out. Look, last one before we let you go. I'm not a big movie guy, right? It's not because I don't like movies. I just don't have the time to watch them. But the Foreman movie coming out next week, April 28th, uh, two hours and 13 minutes is going to you know, chronicle his career and then his rise back to winning the championship in his 40s. Are you going to check that out? Oh, 100%, man. I'm, I'm hoping uh, maybe they throw us a little, uh, throw us a bone. And, you know, George Foreman, a couple, maybe a decade ago, we had him come in. His son fought at the Cutoff Future, and he was there in his, in his tour bus and whatnot. He came down and uh, sat in the bleachers at the Cutoff Youth Center and, and didn't get mauled or, or hounded for autographs too, too much to the end of the fight. Pretty cool scene down in, in Cutoff and something that's uh, maybe not talked about too, too much, but we had a you know a Hall of Fame world champion sitting in the upstairs bleachers of the Cutoff Youth Center. We're definitely going to check that movie out. I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Thanks so much for the time, partner. We'll chat with you soon, all right? Thanks, Jason. Have a good one. Yep, you too. That is Damien St. Pierre doing an excellent job. As always, we always love catching up with him chatting about some different things happening in the world of sports. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, I'll get your mailbag questions answered. It's play-by-play on KLEB. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That State Bank and Trust Company still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. 
Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff on the back road. 325-1000, price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. Welcome back to Play by Play. I want to thank all of our call-in guests today, Coach Guitros, Coach St. Pierre. We want to thank them so much for their time. You guys have been waiting for the mailbag for a little bit now. We were going to do it Wednesday and got delayed, and we're going to do it yesterday and got delayed, and now we're going to finally do it today. So if you got a mailbag question for us, I'm at Casey underscore Jiskler on Twitter, JisklerKasey at gmail.com. We're at Kaylee B Radio on at Twitter and Facebook. Find a way to get your question to me. The first question comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, what areas are you looking most closely at for the LSU football team in tomorrow's spring game? I want to see um, quarterback play. I want to see how much better Daniels looks in the pocket, though I don't think we'll be able to tell a whole lot because, look, man, it is what it is. At the end of the day, if you can't, um, I mean, you're going to stand in there, right? And if you can't get hit, is going to just be a different level of adrenaline than if you can. So I, I don't know that we're going to see a whole lot from Daniels tomorrow. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, like Damian was talking about in the last segment, how do the running backs handle the game? 
because they got Noah Kane back and they got, you know, Josh Williams and Emory and they, they add some high school signees. How could the running back room improve? I think that there's a lot of room for improvement there. Defensively, I want to see the secondary. Look, it probably is in the best interest of LSU tomorrow. And I'm telling you now, and look, you guys are going to freak out if this happens. But I'm telling you now, if LSU's quarterback struggle tomorrow, it's actually really good news. We know Jaden Daniels is pretty good. We know Nussmeyer is pretty good. We saw them. They won the West last year. Like We know he, Jaden Daniels could complete passes against Alabama. We know that he could survive the SEC schedule. They've done it before. But what we don't know is about those cornerbacks and those safeties. So if we see the LSU defensive backfield tomorrow play well against proven SEC quarterbacks, that's a great sign. You guys won't take it as a great sign. You guys are going to take it as, oh, bro, Daniel sucks. He can't throw. All he wants to do is run. Ah, all the different crap that we read on Facebook every single Saturday that LSU plays. But if the secondary plays well, I think it's a great sign and a great omen for the team going forward, and that's something that I'll be paying very closely uh, attention to tomorrow. Casey, are you concerned about the LSU Tiger pitching staff going forward? Oh, yeah, I am. Um, it's not a, a huge concern, right? Like, I still think that even if LSU doesn't pitch much better than what they are now, that they've still got an opportunity to maybe win it all. And you guys are yelling and screaming, oh, well, how could that be? You know, they, they can't get out, so the staff is struggling. Well, what do you mean, how could that be? They are not pitching well right now, and they still haven't been beat in a best-of-three series. So if the pitching, as it is right now, with no improvements, as it is right now, is good enough to survive the SEC, which is far and away the best conference in the country, then of course you could win it all pitching the way that they're pitching right now. And I'll go so far as to say if they make improvements and they get better and they continue to make strides, they've got a chance to like run out and, and beat up on people going forward. So that's the challenge for LSU. They, look, if, if, if you're of the belief that LSU is going to just flip this magic switch and start just shutting out everybody, you're naive. You're, like, you're, you're not right in that assessment. The goal for LSU on the mound is instead of giving up seven runs, let's start giving up five. Let's just give ourselves a little bit of a better chance. And then when we start consistently giving up five, then let's start giving up four. Because every run that you shave off is one less run that your great offense, not good, great offense has to score. And if LSU could consistently allow five runs, and that's a team ERA, by the way, of five, which guess what? Isn't very good. Just run to the mill, average. If you could give up five runs, with the lineup that they have, Tommy Tanks, Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, Dugal when he gets back, if you could just give up five runs, you're going to score the six that you need to win almost every time. So that's the goal for LSU the rest of the way. It's not to develop any more ace pitchers, right? That's not realistic. It's just to get better at the margins, and instead of giving up eight, let's give up six. Then in that game where we used to give up six, let's go ahead and give up four. Just shave a little bit off the edges, and then you'll be a much, much, much better team. Casey, can Thibodeau hold on? Who you got, Thibodeau or South Terrebonne? I'm not giving a pick on that. I got to call the games. I got friends on both sides. Um, I'll say this. We all know the stats. It's very difficult to win two games in a row in that doubleheader. It doesn't happen often. 
The team that wins game one very often wins the series. But if anybody could do it, it would be South Terrible. They've got Jackson Martin. He's battle-tested. He's a competitor on the mound. He's going to give them everything that he's got tomorrow out there on the mound. That'll be game two. I don't know what the plan is for game three. You got to get to game three first, but I just think that the Gators are going to battle, and I told Truck this earlier today. I'm preparing for a full day of baseball tomorrow. I just can't see. Knowing the guts, knowing the core group that the Gators have, I just can't see them being a two-and-out playoff team. I think that if for nothing else, they're going to win one, and then what happens in that game three, I don't know, but it's going to be a whole lot of fun, and I can't wait to see it play out tomorrow. Uh, this question, I copied it wrong because it says, Casey, can your 76ers beat the Nets? Obviously, they're going to beat the Nets. I think the question was meant to say, can your 76ers beat the Celtics? Um, which, I don't know. Um, can they? Yeah. They, they they certainly can. I think some like I think a switch might have flipped for the 76ers last night. And maybe I'm wrong on this, and if I am, you know, I'll wear it. Whatever it is, what it is. I, you know, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. But last night, and, and look, I we've got a lot of coaches who listen to this show. And because a lot of the people who do the whole podcasting thing or whatever are younger coaches, we've got a lot of younger coaches who listen to this show. Go back, and I don't know if it's if you'll find it on Google. You might have to watch some highlights. You might have to dig. And if I could find it, I'll post it on my social media. I haven't tried to look. With about three, four minutes left last night, the 76ers are down on the road by like two, three points. During a timeout, they showed a clip of Doc Rivers talking to his team in the huddle. And it was one of the more inspirational speeches that I'd seen a coach give in a long time. He basically stated the obvious. Look, the 76ers' issues are commitment. And chemistry. At times, they're not bought in. At times, they're not unified. He told the guy straight up, and I'm paraphrasing, basically saying, hey, if you guys would just you know get your heads out of your behind and buy in and be together, we're not going to have problems. We're going to win this game. But the problem is that you guys are too damn stubborn to do that, so we're in the trouble that we're in right now, and if that doesn't change, we're not winning today. What did they do? They dominated the last three minutes of the game, came back, won the game on the road, might have been a little flip of the switch moment there. So can they beat Boston? Yeah, sure they could beat Boston. Can they go out and lay an egg and lose 4-1 to one to Boston? Oh, you bet they are more than capable of doing that too. Casey, who do you think is the best player in baseball at the MLB level? The easy answer would be Mike Trout, but I don't know if it's Mike Trout anymore, right? Like, I don't know if it's Mike Trout anymore. There's a lot of really good players. Like Ronald Acuna is having a great season. I don't think he's at the caliber of being the best player in the sport anymore. Or not anymore, or right now, rather, I should have said. Um, Otani pitches and hits. Like, how do you compete with that? Um, Judge is great. I mean, there's so many great guys. But I, I'll go Mike Trout. No, you know what? I'm not going to go Mike Trout. I'm not going to go Mike Trout. I'm going to th- go out in left field. I'm going to throw a curveball. Um, I'm saying I'm going to throw a curveball, and then I'm going to say Otani, which is the next most obvious answer. I'm going to go Otani. I like the guy who could pitch. I like the guy who could pitch and hit. I don't think it's Mike Trout anymore. I think Mike Trout's been dethroned. I'm going to go with Otani. Casey, what is Nichols football looking like this year? Well, Nichols football's got to shore up two things right out the gate. They've got to get better under center. It is what it is. Last year, Grandier struggled. Last year, they had issues under center. It was not their best year at quarterback position. They've got to fix that. 
Second thing, they got to stop giving up big plays on defense. If they could do both of those things, and it's a big if, right? It's a big old if. If they could do those things, I think they'll be better. If not, you're looking at a team that's going to win about half the games. Casey, what do you think of the Tavon Sadler hire over in Thibodeau? Um, interesting hire. Wouldn't have been my first choice. I would have wanted somebody a little more experienced. My concern is, is going to be the same as it's been. Tavon Sadler doesn't want to be your head coach for 15 years. He doesn't want to be your head coach for eight years. He wants to win 20 games and go be the head coach at Maryland, which is where he just was. Um, and that's going to be the concern is, is, look, they have done an excellent job of continually hiring good guys. Richie Riley was a good fit. Austin Clonch was a good fit. The challenge in doing it this way is that if you're replacing your coach every three, four years, it increases the likelihood that one of the apples is going to be a bad apple and is going to set you back, right? And I'm not saying that Tavon Sadler is going to be that bad apple, not in any stretch of the imagination am I saying that. But at some point, I would like to see a guy who's going to be a little more committed to being there longer, and hopefully Sadler is that. Hopefully he's there for a long time. But I just, you look at the the, the profile and the mold as a young guy, um, you would think that the younger guy would be more likely to shoot for the stars. So we'll see how it plays out. Last one, Casey. Who's the most annoying fan base in sports? This is the easiest question I've ever been asked. By far the easiest question I've ever been asked. It's Texas A&M, and there's not a close second. Texas A&M has the most annoying fans that there are. They are a cult. They all sit around in a circle and drink their little Kool-Aid and have their little pep rallies and talk about how great they are. Texas A&M has never won anything to warrant this optimism for themselves. They are far and away the most annoying fan base in sports. Um, betting picks for today. I like the Phillies minus one and a half run line. Nola on the mound facing the Rockies who are just treacherous. I like uh, today. Um, let's see the... Oh, my FanDuel app just locked. Oh, there we go. The Angels, minus one and a half uh, over the Royals. Otani's on the mound. I like Otani to get them a win there. Tonight, I like the Mets, plus 100 money line. over. So it's vir- virtually even money over the San Francisco Giants. And then the last one that I like is I am going to take the over for the Yankees and the Blue Jays. That's eight and a half. Let's see if we could find an NBA game or two that we like. Tonight in the NBA... I'll go ahead and take the over 211 for the Knicks and the Cavs. I know that that's a a, a, def- a defensive series, but I think that the Knicks are going to be better with their role players. And then I'm going to go over 222 for the Nuggets and the Timberwolves in that one. Thanks to everybody for listening. It's been a good week. Tomorrow we've got the Sports Corner live from Thibodeau High School from 10 to 12. Um, and then we've got game two at noon, game three if necessary, around 3 o'clock. So it's going to be a busy day. Have a great rest of the day, you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Should knock on wood. I'm you know not sick and we don't have any crazy schedule or anything. Should have a full week of shows next week. Thanks for your patience. I know that it's been kind of an awkward time. You know, I was out a couple days this week, whatever. Uh, but thanks for your patience. And uh, you guys are the best. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless you all. Stay dry. Stay safe. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.